0: Hey, this is Steve Conley of the Middle Age. You're listening to the Crusader Chronicles. Read them all.
1: You're listening to Crusader Chronicles, episode 35, featuring Amazing Spider-Man number 179 and X-Men number 110 from January 1978. And welcome to the 35th episode of Crusader Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Pat, AKA DJ Christatos. Crusaders Chronicles is a podcast that will journal the comic book issues read chronologically by the release date from my comic book collection, either in digital, in a trade, or from the many long boxes stashed away in my basement. Each episode will provide short recaps, reviews, and ratings of the issue or issues for that release date. The goal is to keep me actively reading through my collection and having some fun along the way talking about the comics with my friends. Speaking about friends, joining me this episode are
2: Jared Albrick, the yard sale artist, a.k.a. Death Probe. Well, hello, hello. Uh, I know it's been a long time coming, but I have a bit of a reveal to you. Undo this mask, and I'm Delvin Williams. Oh. <laughs> oh, Silver hands, hot thing. I've been delving the whole time. The whole time. <laughs> I would never saw that coming. That's why he's not here. <laughs> I've been Delvin. Oh, that's so, always the
1: voices yeah. that you do. But how was how it that I got to see him in HeroesCon? Was that just somebody you...
2: Yeah, actor paid? I hired. Oh,
1: yeah. wow. Yeah. Well, you must pay him pretty well. He's got a nice house.
2: Yeah, we stayed in his house and everything. <laughs> I went all in on this, okay? I, but I've been Delvin this whole time.
1: Mm, all right. I see what you're doing there, hot thing.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: give, give, me, give me a Delvin no. line then. If you're Delvin, give me a Delvin, uh-huh. Delvin line.
2: Check this out. A trash can.
0: Oh, oh it's you. <laughs> I told it you.
2: Is you. I told you. There you have it. So how do you take care of your tweets? i got accounts and ah. don't worry about what I do. They introduce the other hosts. Okay, okay. Delvin's gone. I am Delvin. Just
1: accept this new reality. All right. Well, accepting that crazy reality, we're going to see who else is here with me. We have Jason the Weasel Skull. Albrecht. The weasel.
0: Well, hello. I am not Delvin. Delvin is off on Mongo or someplace checking our uh, supply train, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Making sure that everything's up and functional. We're just going to have to make do without the dark web. Or do we? Do we have the dark web? I'm so confused right now. Mm -hmm. I'm dark web. Told you.
3: It is you!
1: We have to see how many more Delvin isms and things you can say that keep us. I from... love wrestling. Oh, okay. Hmm. I have to think of something
0: to try to stump you, but we'll see. <laughs> see, today I was at jiu-jitsu, and uh, yeah, it got real intense.
1: <laughs> oh well, since Delvin is not here, we've invited a guest along with us, and it is Jay Sandlin. Jay, how are you doing? I'm doing
4: great. I'm, what was uh, it
2: before you changed it? Uh, get back in the room, Corey.
4: Sir. Okay, yeah. I, I'm glad you guys let me telephone in here from Shortlandia, and I'm glad that you were compatible with the tin can and the string <laughs> method. So uh, Thank you for that uh, adaptability there.
0: Oh, they're right. used to dealing with me, so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, we've had a lot worse technical <laughs> Trust us. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. I, I, I upgraded a tin can and string. <laughs>
4: And you only had to pay like a $200 fee, right?
0: Well, I mean, this is Washington, so there are taxes and stuff attached.
4: Oh, yes, the taxes. (laughs) Taxes.
2: Used to be, we'd on the podcast and we'd ask Jason a question, and then like 45 minutes comes by and a pigeon would fly into the window, take a little scroll off its foot, you read the answer. That's how we communicate with Jason. (laughs)
0: Those pigeons were effective. Laugh all you want. Pigeon podcast. (laughs) Pigeon never went down in a storm.
4: (laughs) 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 Yeah, I tried that with hamsters, but they were just too afraid to run up the walls. Well, we do what we have to do. Yeah. I'm sorry to have you, Jay. Jay, I'm certain you would like to pimp something. I wish I had more to pimp. So you're just going to have to have me back on uh, in the next few months. Uh, but yeah, I have a, a podcast. It is Jay Sandlin's What Happens Next. Uh, it's an iTunes and all the other outlets now. And we are a, a kind of a niche show for writers, readers, and creative types, mainly for comic books. Uh, we have on professional authors who come on and play whose line is it anyway style improv games with us. Very cool. We've recently had uh, Paul episodes with Paul Jenkins from Marvel, mm-hmm. uh, Rodney Barnes from Marvel and American Gods. Depending on when this airs, we should have aired our J.M. Demattis roundtables by now, and uh, we've got some other ones sets come out. I'm uh, a professional uh, graphic novel and book writer, and I've got three series that are coming out from Mad Cave Studios. Uh, the first one's coming out in. December as of now, so keep an eye out for those, and uh, we'll talk more in detail about them once more is announced. I can't really say Ooh. a lot right Ooh. now. Are um, you going other- too? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's not what it says in my tidy way. Is it okay. called silver hands? <laughs> <laughs> but I was glad that you said you liked wrestling. Mm-hmm. You now that might be a clue to oh, the series. Oh, well, okay. Wink. Wink, I'll have to, I'll, I'll send you something in DMs later. Oh, nice. Going to slide in our DMs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it. Very cool, very cool. Well, why don't we go see what's in Pat's polis,
1: since we're oh. talking about DMs. Oh, oh, boy. And so let's go ahead and, and take Excuse a moment to uh, while I whip this out. This out. And well, put it back in. <laughs> and put it back in, yes. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, there is nothing in Pat's poll list for this month. Pat's no list. Pat's no list. Put it back. Mm -hmm. Put it where you got it. Put it where you got it from. (laughs) (laughs) Now, before we get started, I guess let's go ahead and take a quick podcast promo break, and we will be right
4: back. Jay Sandlin's What Happens Next, a podcast for writers, readers, and true believers. Each week, we play improv games, host interviews, and provide writing advice to the writing community from published authors. The only rule is you'll never guess what happens next. Find Jay Sandlin's What Happens Next wherever podcasts are downloaded, or by going to jsandlin.com. never, guess, never guess, guess what happens next.
1: Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the first featured comic for this episode, and that's Amazing Spider-Man number one seventy-nine. The credits for this issue are provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics website. Publisher is Marvel. Got a cover date of April nineteen seventy-eight. It's on sale date was January tenth, nineteen seventy-eight. Cover price just thirty-five cents. Editor and writer Delvin's favorite Len Wein. Penciler. Uh, uh, See if Delvin. Penciler, Ross Andrew. inker oh, oh, is Mike
3: oh, S- Espotito.
0: Oh.
2: Jay's like, what the hell is happening?
4: <laughs> no, I'm just read on down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm like, ready to talk about this comic. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Letterer is John Costanza. Our Color Me Bad Colorist <laughs>
1: is Glenis Ween. You can also read along with us on the reprints in Essential Spider-Man, Volume 8, Trade Paperback of 2007, Spider-Man Family Number 5, and Spider-Man, A New Goblin, Trade Paperback. Also, you can find it on Marvel Unlimited. Cover credits go to princeler Ross Andrew and inker Mike.
2: It's with me no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So nice to have Mike back. It is. You know, I, I thought that, too, when I was seeing this. It, it was great. To see him back. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of being back, let's go ahead and get some cover descriptions from Jared.
2: I'll give you a cover description. The top of this playbill has the Marvel Comics Group banner, blue letters on a black background. Waiting in the wings is understudy Spider-Man standing in the cornerback's light blue background this time. The title of the production, The Amazing Spider-Man, is red letters with black highlights hanging from the rafters from the classic webs. On the main stage, are you guys getting the theme here? It's a whole theater theme? Yep, got okay. it. Just, just making sure I didn't waste time on this. All right. On the main stage, the action shows Green Goblin and Silvermane attempting to upstage Spider-Man in the most violent way possible. Spidey, Silvermane, and the Goblin are all going for a ride on Goblin's glider, high above a theater full of patrons. It looks like it could be the final curtain call for Spidey, as Green Goblin is shooting him in the chest with one of his finger laser sparkles, just as Silvermane lands a solid right cross on our web slinger. Goblin reads his line, which is, You've had it, web slinger. You can never beat both of us. Spidey's inner monologue reads, The Goblin's right. Between him and Silvermane, I'm helpless. A full banner at the bottom reads, Theater of Fury. Now, Delvin's not here, so I have to ask Jay to make fisticuffs punching sounds while Jason does laser finger and Pat is on the glider. So three, two. I've never been in a fight before, but I'm going to do my best. Do your best fisting sounds. I'll do the countdown. Jason, you're on laser, Pat, glider? All right, all right. Here we go. Three, two, one.
0: Everybody go. i got the finger for you, Trebek. Everybody
2: everybody did good except Jason. so. So my glider was good? You know what? It was good since Delvin's. I mean, since I'm not here to compare it to, mm-hmm. yes, okay. it was good. Ah, ooh, I won. I won this right. one. You did. You finally did a good glider. I finally did it. I did it. You want to end the show now or just? Yeah, maybe.
3: <laughs> you <did> it <laughs> a leave it on
2: a high. Yeah, leave it on a high this
1: time. I, you know, I finally bested Delvin. <laughs> In the sounds. You did. You bested me because I'm Delvin. <laughs> oh, speaking about Delvin, let's go ahead and get some quick cover thoughts on this. We'll start with
4: Jay. What's your thoughts on the cover? All right, well, I did love the cover. Five out of five. It tickled my tummy feathers. What? And I'm going to tell you. And I'm going to tell you why. There's a there's a reason. This cover was almost like a forerunner to uh, one of my favorite comics of all time. The Spectacular Spider-Man issue 200, Mm -hmm. which is a, um, you know, a foil kind of holographic type cover with Spidey fighting the goblin. It's Harry in that issue. And I read the crap out of that comic as a kid. It's, you know, several years ahead of this one. Mm -hmm. And I, I just have to think that they might have used this issue as a model i do have some issues with it from a story perspective so uh, we'll talk more about that as we go into the story oh Ooh, interesting Man, he's dropping fives yeah. he's
2: dropping tantalization Man, mm, he's come prepared uh, no. nice round one sandlin <laughs> oh, yeah
0: yeah that was a perfect strike right there i don't know where to go with it
1: well, you better figure it out because it's your turn
0: all right so this is bothering me i brought it up before i'm gonna ask you guys again what is the deal with the laser (laughs) spark? Like, should Spider-Man not be dead? Like, he's hitting (laughs) point blank. It never hurts anybody. (laughs) Right. At some point, I'm like, I don't give a about your laser finger, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're all just like, oh, it hurts so bad, Goblin. Don't don't hit me with the. Laser and, and you know,
4: finger. within the con within the story, Goblin refers to them as my Goblin Sparkles. <laughs> so Damn, yeah. it's That's, hard to take them that seriously, even though right. I I think laser fingers are are bad. And I remember on the Spider-Man, the animated series, it was one of the Goblin's, you know, best weapons. And I've always liked the look of it. You know, Hobgoblin used him as well, but I don't think Hobgoblin ever called him Goblin Sparkles.
0: That's scary. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I seriously thought, so these are like lasers that come out of his fingers. And so Spider-Man should have a hole punched in his chest and probably gone out his back at this point. But nothing seems to happen to him
4: when he's hit. I, I don't think so. Uh, I, you know, he takes blast from the shocker. He takes shots from electro. He's got some enhanced durability and yeah. he's generally human. What generally hurts him hurts us. But I think he's tougher than the average Joe. And they seem to be more like stun weapons than pure, like destructive force weapons. As in I'm stunned. He even uses them.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. Cause they're supposed to be like, he was menacing Silvermane with them. Like now you're going to die by my sparkler. Well, absolutely. I no, mean, Silverman
4: isn't. Yeah, he's I mean, he's he's a card carrying member of AARP. He's he judo flip Spider-Man or Green <laughs> <Yeah>, Goblin. He sure <laughs> did. We're well, right, we'll getting into a- the story. No. We got to talk about that. I got I got words on that.
0: <laughs> so yeah, he, he went to that doctor's uh, academy there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, you know the one. I know the doctor you're talking about. Mm-hmm. All right. all right. So that was I just like somebody explaining to me this finger blaster thing. It's just not <laughs> consistent. But kids think it's cool.
1: <laughs> I guess, maybe. Well, let me let me ask, is it is it just the one finger, or can all five fingers
0: do it? Like, pull my finger. <laughs>
4: Does he oh, one do different do colors, or? I think all the times that I've seen it used, he's always pointing that pointer the finger. One. It's not really one of his primary weapons. That's kind of the pumpkin bomb. This is more yeah, of a supporting I, I, I like that one. He's been on,
0: like, three covers, and he's shooting Spider-Man, like, three times in the chest <laughs> with this deadly sparkler finger that doesn't seem to have any effect. <laughs> Did you see him like
1: doing a PowerPoint? You know, <laughs> you see over here. But, oh, oh! I just.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna punch projector. you right in the spider area right here. That was
4: actually a deleted scene from the previous issue when he busted up into the crime lord's meeting to yes, explain yeah. his. Here is my plan, everyone, for me to become the new crime boss of the you new. Know, if you look here at item one.
2: <laughs> oh. So- Mm. <laughs> no, it's
4: not compatible.
2: I
0: used Prezi.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's funny for nerds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tim Rice right. laughing. <laughs> oh, at any rate. So anyway, sparkler figure. I'm just trying to figure it out.
2: Hmm. All right, Jarrett. Well, just from an artistic point of view, I think this is a really fantastic cover. I like the angle that is taken, the top down and then you get the theater from below. It gives it a lot of depth. The action is very exciting. You've got Green Goblin and Spidey. You know, Silvermane's not really A-list, but, you know, he's doing his best there with the right cross. So, overall, I think we got a lot of dynamic action. I think we've got a lot of nice color. It's a very solid cover for me, Pat. What do you think?
1: I'm going to agree with you as well, too. It's a very solid looking cover. The colors pop out to me as well, and, of course, it being inked by Mike Espetito. I love it. So with that, let's go ahead and get into some cover
4: ratings. I bet I know what Jay's going to do. Yeah, I think I know what Jay's going to do. Unless he's going to change it up on us. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, I gave it a five. Tickles my tummy feathers. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what, is the, what is the cover rating scale, Pat? In well, case me, people let me, let me, are just tuning in.
4: Yeah, just in case you're just tuning in
1: now, our cover rating system goes one through five. Five is it tickled your tummy feathers. Four, you really liked it. Three, you liked it. Two, you didn't like it, Mm. and one, it ruffled your tummy feathers. Mm. Mm. So, Jay, you gave it a five. Indeed. All right, I am going to give it. Ooh, I'm toss up between a four and a five. knew November was here. Joe November
2: was here. You know what to do.
1: He didn't know what to do. I'm going to give it a 5-2. It tickled my tummy feathers as well. cheered
2: Oh, man. I'm right there with you. I'm thinking Joe November was here at 4.5. But since we don't do halvesies on the show, unless you are Joe November, I think having the Green Goblin as the A-list villain and that dynamic action, I'm willing to go 5 on this. I would frame this Ooh. and hang it on my
0: wall. Jason? Well, let's just circle the wagons because I'm giving it a five as well, even with the sparkly finger. I thought it was a fantastic cover, showed Spider Man in peril, had the Green Goblin, like you said. I thought it was amazing how he got three characters on that Goblin Glider center stage on that cover, and it didn't look overcrowded. I thought Mm -hmm. that was just well done, well crafted, and it would go up on my wall. Oh, Pat, you're going to get to use the new five sound effect for all fives. (laughs)
1: Super. Well, with that, let's go ahead and get into some
2: synopsis. Talked
1: to you by Delvin. Who's going to read Delvin?
2: (laughs) Well, I guess since I'm Delvin, I'll read the Delvin
0: synopsis. Delvin! Delvin's going to read Delvin.
2: All right, I got this. While attending a demonstration
1: in radiology, high school student Peter Parker was bitten by a spider which had accidentally been exposed to radioactive rays. Through a miracle of science, Peter soon found that he had gained the spider's powers and had, in effect become a human spider a spider-man stanley presents the amazing spider-man
3: Ya sû
2: title of this issue is The Goblin's Always Greener. The book begins where the last left off, with Spider-Man being hauled off by the Green Goblin and the world's most sturdy, hefty, hefty cinch sack. <laughs> I gotta take a minute for that, okay? Spidey would have been left out there in the cold, but the old Spidey luck kicks in when some of Silvermane's planted goons fires a rocket launcher at Goblin, throwing off the gyros in it. Goblin rushes back to his hideout in Spidey after a brief skirmish with the Silvermane goons rushes to the hospital where Aunt May is in danger, girl. I see what he's doing here. Green Goblin returns to the hideout where his glider thankfully didn't take a kamikaze, argues with the masked man who he's kept trust up and reveals that he knows it was Silvermane who ambushed him, but also that Goblin placed a tracker on Silvermane. Goblin jumps on the glider number two and pursues Silvermane to the max. Goblin finds Silvermane at Radio City Music Hall attending a show. Let's pause there. Pete finds out good news about Aunt May, who avoids being one of the possessed this time. Robbie Robertson gives Pete an assignment to take pictures at Radio City Music Hall where the Goblin is. The big fight and the issue ends with two cliffhangers. Goblin, silvermane, and Spidey high up in the air with Goblin's Glider unable to bear the weight, but also with the hooded man and Goblin's hideout to free himself by using the remains of the Crash Glider to escape. That man, Harry Osborne, ooh. Who was Ooh, I know, right? Who was wearing, understandably so, a mask of crimson. Astute listeners may have noticed I sprinkled in a few cliffhanger comics throughout the synopsis. If you relate to getting that, then you largely get why there aren't cliffhanger comics anymore. Thank you, Delvin. Uh, yes, Delvin. Always bringing some different knowledge in the fun. With the cliffhanger comics. He went very obscure this time. He did. Yeah. Don't you mean you did? I mean, I did. Yes, I did. Yes. <laughs>
1: now I'm on to you. That's Speaking about said, being onto on to you, <laughs> let's go ahead and get to the Bricker Brack.
4: Let's find out if it's a first read or reread. Jay? First read or reread for you. Now, this was a first read, but with oh. an asterisk because oh. this story is summarized pretty well in a comic that I read a lot in the late 90s called The Osborne Journals.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Where basically it's after the clone saga, and people are still saying, you know, what the heck just happened? And they released the Osborne journals to kind of recount Norman Osborne's journey after his, you know, supposed death to his return in the clone saga and they mentioned the events of this comic and the kind of the imposter goblin almost a forgotten goblin really trying to take over new york city's underworld so yeah it's it was a first it was i was glad to read it because i was actually getting to read what i already you know knew about recounted from norman's point of view mm-hmm. okay i highly recommend the osborne journals by the way Any if, if readers haven't read that yet I haven't read that, so that sounds interesting. 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 I dig that up. Indeed, indeed. I don't know though if I want to. Now
1: it might spoil all this for me. <laughs>
2: no. Finish you know, this it, first. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> then move on to those. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, it's a first read for me, Jared. Ooh, it's a
2: first read
0: for me, Jason. Don't screw it up. It's a really good first
2: read for me. <laughs> the reading rainbow. rainbow. Reading rainbow. Reading, reading rainbow. rainbow. Reading rainbow.
3: rainbow. rainbow. <laughs>
4: We got a reading rainbow. I can't believe it. Radioactive yeah. spider flies in the sky. <laughs> I can I, get bit twice as far.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, you. Let's go ahead and get into some highs, lows, or what does. We're going to go do about two rounds or so of this. And with that, we're going to
4: get some short high lows. All right. With anything being on the table here, I really like the attention to some detail. We'll call this a high because what I liked about it was how there were subtle hints throughout the book, even though Peter Parker seems to believe that this goblin is hairy. There's really good hints that it's not Mm-hmm. And the two main ones, I could without going off in the woods, the goblins' motivation seems to be way off what it's been in earlier books. The goblins never really cared so much about organized crime or taking it over, which makes sense considering Norman Osborn has more resources than any of those guys, probably. But what I really like is how it's clear that this goblin doesn't really have the same strength as the Goblin in the past because the uh, Bart Hamilton Goblin never took the famed Goblin formula.
0: Hey, we don't know it's Bart Hamilton now. Oh, I'm (laughs)
2: sorry.
4: We Uh, We know it's not Harry Osborn, but I think uh, whoever whoever this mystery goblin may be, folks, um, you know, I I don't know if spoilers are still good from the 70s or not, or if we're still in territory. Whoever it may be, I don't think he has. He's been blessed with the same ability as his predecessor goblins. Mm
1: -hmm. I think you're on. Good
4: point. Good
0: point.
1: That's interesting. He is good. Way interesting. Good. (laughs) Jason, you got a high, low or what the?
0: Yeah, I'll give it a high. I'm just starting to get familiar with this character, Silvermane, uh, over the last few issues. And Silvermane seemed kind of like a lame character to me at first, but I like how this one... It really shows the influence he has by having these pockets of heavily armed gangs spread throughout the city that are really menacing the goblin. So I thought that that was pretty cool. It did kind of show that this guy's more than just kind of an old man. He's got he's, some real influence and, and is a powerful figure in his so own So you're reign. saying
1: he's uh, not silver lame?
0: <laughs> no, he's not silver lame at all. He's silver manning up out there. He's He took he's, out the he's goblin. He's
1: strategically. Yeah, uh-huh. that's true. He seems to be a pretty smart guy.
0: Right. Yep, got himself a hottie for a date to Radio City uh, music hall. This guy's got it going on, fellas.
4: He's mm-hmm. more like Silver Fox. <laughs> yeah, there you he's, go. He is OG gangster, as far as I'm concerned. Hell like he, yeah. he, he, he was probably running his first tricks during Prohibition. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong but, with that. No school like the old
4: school, as they
0: say. And he's still got some moves. Since Delvin's not here as
1: our normal resident Spidey. I'm right here. Oh, well, okay. Well, then riddle me this.
2: Okay. For the record, I've actually read more Spidey than Delvin. I mean, myself.
1: Okay. Well, let's prove it here. <laughs> Has Silvermane and Fisk ever fought or battled for territory? Yes, they have. Yes. Was it good? Was it bad? I don't. You know any more detail?
4: Uh, Kingpin always
1: wins. Kingpin always wins. Okay.
4: I'm just trying to. You <laughs> normally, know. Normally, normally by sitting on him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he wins in that. He wins in the pie eating contests. <laughs> <laughs> We got right. Okay, honestly, I don't remember about Fisk Silvermane, but I felt like if I said it with confidence, you'd believe me. I okay. don't remember them fighting a lot over territory, to be honest with you, but I'm thinking it has to happen at some point.
4: They went at it a lot on Spider-Man, the animated series. There you go. There you go. And Kingpin came out on top, but really only because Silvermane de-aged himself back to youth, but he went too far and made himself a, a, a baby. Oh, that sounds uh, like I've heard that story before somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And I think that was actually the prequel to the Boss Baby series of films. That
0: same thing happened to Magneto. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, same. There's a good series of this. Baby villains. <laughs> right. I do want
2: to see villain babies like Muppet Babies. I do yeah, want to see that cool. now. Mm-hmm. The animal will rip your
4: face off. A little Doc Ock
0: running around there. <laughs>
4: I mean, little Doc Ock would just be playing with, like, his blocks and speak and spell. Animal will give you freaking rabies. (laughs) Dave put a lot of thought into this. (laughs) I did. did.
0: Well, he he is a writer there, so.
1: (laughs) He'd be like a a good enforcer kind of a guy, Animal would be. (laughs) If you think you can trust him.
0: Pay Bill, break thumbs. (laughs)
1: jared you got a high low or what the
2: you know i'm gonna give a high to the art if you remember last episode i only didn't give the issue a five because there was no mike esposito Mm -hmm. he's back the art is amazing and i want to focus specifically on last panel last page of the reveal that harry osborne has been captured under the cobra commander hood the whole time i think that last panel is incredibly well drawn I think it is everything I wanted it to be with the reveal. My only complaint with it is now I have no complaints about the art. I'm gonna be very clear about that. The only complaint I have is with the layout. I really wish they would have done those four small panels on the previous yeah. page, so you had to turn to the reveal. I know Jay writes comics. I write comics. I think Jay would 100% agree with me. This is a you need to turn the page to the reveal
4: because mm-hmm.
2: you turn the page and you're not
4: even reading those top four panels. You're like, oh snap, it's Harry Osborn yeah that's a good point point. Yeah. and you also have to think what's going to keep the reader turning the page mm-hmm. so, I mean, mm-hmm. and this is, this is one that would that definitely kept me turning the page especially if I had read it as a kid um, yes. I would have read it many times over as I did with any spider-man comic featuring pretty much any of the goblins I, I liked I loved all the goblins
2: oh yes the hobgoblin saga
4: and who is he is one of my favorite things in the eighties man they did it uh, and then the, the when they revealed the real hobgoblin the hobgoblin lives mm-hmm That was very shortly after the Clone Saga. That was one of my favorites. Yes. Yes. Good. Good.
1: Do you guys know how far away we are from getting to Hobgoblin?
2: God, I want to say that was like eighty. Three
4: or 84. Jay, if you've got a better memory of that, then I'm sure I can look up a first appearance, but it always, you know, it always bothers me. This is a WTF thing. How many non-comic fans or even some fans who probably do read comics just assume that Harry Osborn was the Hobgoblin. His first appearance was in June 1980 here. so
2: A little earlier than I thought.
4: Yeah, they didn't mm-hmm. reveal who the original Hobgoblin was for a, you know, a very long time after his first appearance. Oh, wait, but his first appearance as the Hobgoblin was March of 83.
2: Oh, I was much closer oh, than it. I thought. Whoop, whoop,
4: street yeah, cred, street cred. I, I didn't realize he appeared as his secret, as his identity, secret three identity three years identity. earlier. Don't reveal it, though, because Pat doesn't know. Don't worry, uh, don't worry. But there were several Hobgoblins, and I'm a, personally a big fan of Meckendale. I like Chippendale's <laughs> Rest of Dreams <Greenville laughs> as well. Um, <laughs> sure, why not?
3: <laughs> sure.
2: Uh, did you get a higher low? Did I no, think I forgot to pass it to you?
1: No, 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 thank you. My you kind of stole my high would be the art as well too. I definitely enjoying Mike Espedito being back. <laughs> Yeah, and you're right about the reveal. And Jay had mentioned, too, another my high would be just the page turning that I did in reading this. I'm like, you know, I was reading it last night before I went to bed. Sometimes when I read, if the story's not keeping me interested, I'll fall asleep. Yeah. But this one, I did not. I was just like, man, I got to read this. I got to read this. And when I got to the end with the reveal, I didn't know that was coming.
0: I'm 100% with you, Pat. I was the same way. I was kind of late at night, and I was just tearing through this book, man. It's mm-hmm. really good.
1: And there's a lot going on in just not only the you know the goblin story and the fights and all that going on you still have what's happening with aunt may as well
4: yep that storyline going on and just you know, how cool is Robbie Robinson just showing up? Robbie has always been very cool. I think I Robbie, Robbie deserves more of a spotlight at times, but he ha- he has gotten one consistently, even in the current run on Amazing Spider-Man. He gets a good story, uh, you know, a good portion of the story. My only WTF moment from this issue, though, was how many times to this point in Spider-Man comics had they used the oh my God, Aunt May's dying in the hospital trope? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's come up in our chatter before. Yeah, this exactly. woman has had one foot in the grave since the 60s.
0: Yeah, the other on a banana peel.
4: <laughs> and they're still making, she's still going, you know, she actually got a lot more vital in the comics uh, since the 2015 Amazing Spider-Man <laughs> run. I think she's dipping into some Lazarus pits on the weekends. <laughs> a lot of times when she gets mentioned on our show, it comes along with the soundbite of
2: knock, knock, knocking on knock, heaven door."
4: door. <laughs> At this point, you know, God's got her a reserve seat and he's wondering when she's going to show up. <laughs> he was like, you were supposed to be here in 1982. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> and in my head, Canon, she always died in the 90s in that amazing issue. Yes, she, gosh, yeah. that was the tearjerker. Well, we don't want to talk. Ne- <laughs> Never mind. What? Actually, Never there mind. is a, there What's is a connection. There's a good connection between that issue and this issue, and that's just the New York skyline prominently featuring the World Trade Center, which they also did a good job of in this issue with also Radio City Music Hall, mm-hmm. something the yeah. Spider-Man comics have always done well. That's back to the art is showing a bit of New York. Mm -hmm. Jason likes to bring that up. That's a Jason favorite. I do.
0: I like how the city really becomes a character unto itself in these stories. Mm -hmm, Definitely.
1: It's cool if you've gotten to be to New York and see these areas and these buildings and all that. Hats been to New York every day. Well, I'm just saying. I'll be About sure to start. I'm sure everybody has to, but I just—I find that
4: interesting. <laughs> I'll be sure I to start spreading spreadin the news.
2: No. <laughs> I was just jealous, by the way, Pat. That's my way of feeling jealousy. Is picking. He's just pat, just petty. I'm dying, I'm petty as hell.
4: Yep. Yeah. I know you are. <laughs>
2: Well, with being that
1: petty, Jay, do you got another high or low? I think I've covered it. Okay. Or we'll you guys the- all
4: covered it as well.
1: Let's go ahead and pass that on to Jason then. High, low, or what the?
0: Well, I'm just going to reiterate something I said uh, previously. I really appreciate in these stories how it balances the drama and the tension of Green Goblin, Spider-Man's enemy, with some real humor, real heart, lots of action. It just balances it out so well. And the one thing that I really appreciated in this issue particularly was – how Spider-Man just kind of instinctively goes into battle to rescue Silvermane, who's a villain and he doesn't really care for. Her. But at the same time, you know, his ethics are so strong, his moral compass is so fixed that he's going to do what's right, no matter you know what the cost is to himself. I think that's something that I really have grown to love and respect about this character as we've been reading through it. This issue really continues to demonstrate what makes Spider-Man, Spider-Man.
1: Well said, Jason. Well said. Jared? I like the b****s on Silvermane's Girlfriend.
0: Those were hot, too.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I just want to (laughs) juxtapose that comment with Jason. No, but seriously, I'm going to give it a low. I'm gonna give it a low. There's a lot to love in here, but Jared's gonna hand it a low, and I bet you know what it is, Pat. Just go to page one, and you know what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm page on. I page one. I gotta look at it. On, it's on page one. It's on page two. He finally breaks out of it on page three. Oh, you
4: mean like <laughs> the uh, the unbreakable condom he wrapped him up in? <laughs>
2: yes.
4: If you didn't get to read last issue, Jay, it's a, it was actually shaped like a ghost, and not oh, even yeah, a scary
2: right. look. It goes Like, ooh, it's a ghost bag Big. that you can't get out of. And I was like, this is dumb.
0: I think he got trapped in it because he
4: was just like mesmerized. Like,
0: is like, that like a? Oh, damn! Is- I had to get out of the way. <laughs>
4: I think, God, yeah, yeah I, I think Goblin flew his glider to the DC universe and took the cellophane S was, from yes. Superman Two.
2: That's what I was thinking of.
4: Was like, then, they had to scrub, of- but they had to scrub the logo. Of <laughs> <laughs> he's got his bleach, and he's like,
2: "Oh yes, yes."
4: <laughs> and, and it took a bazooka to break the plastic bag. I he mean, did. Yeah, I think the Goblin probably could have made a lot of money selling that. Yes, he's like, "I want to be the crime boss." I'm like, "Dude, you could be straight up millionaire with that sweet bag technology
2: you invented."
0: I got six cats. That's a lot of kitty litter, man. I would have got those bags.
2: Jason <laughs> <Chasing laughs> and his cats. <laughs>
4: it's only with Aunt May in the issue, though, it's only the second toughest bag in the book. <laughs> 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 oh, poor Aunt May. Oh, poor Aunt May. Gonna,
0: No wheat cakes for you. <laughs> He's not getting the wheat cakes.
4: <laughs> you won't even be able to wrestle me anymore. <laughs>
1: You don't, yeah, you don't even see much of Aunt May in this one. Just her getting
4: passed down the hallway. Does Aunt May really? have like a usual room at the hospital? <laughs> it's called the May suite.
2: <laughs> May, <laughs> show Aunt you to the May, May,
4: May, suite. Aunt May suite. Reserved for Aunt May. They're like, we're, we're holding her usual room. You know, <laughs> on retainer here. <laughs> you know, she'll be back.
0: Knocking <laughs> on heaven's What a
4: <laughs> J. Joe to <laughs> <laughs> so
0: Can we just talk about that for a minute? Put him on assignment. Yeah, tough it out. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <He needs laughs> Look, to be fair, if Peter refused to work every time Aunt May was in the hospital... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I've been, it's you know, yeah I've hired employees for years and I have those employees who are perpetually sick or they either always have a sick relative. And, you know, at some point you're sympathetic to the point that you have to say, OK, we do have a job to do here. And the news, you know, the news never sleeps. Jay Jonah has a business to run. Welcome to another all-prose issue of the Daily Bugle.
2: <laughs> no, no, pictures. <laughs> no pictures. No all pictures. No pictures. We're going to describe it as best we can, because Aunt May is dying again. Pat, <laughs> 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 <sighs> did you get a... No,
1: you know, I I didn't get one, but there's. I think we've said a lot on this one, so there's not much we could say anymore on it. Should we get silly? Yeah, let's go ahead. So let's go ahead and see what the silly Spidey moment was for this issue for everyone. So Jay, do you have a silly Spidey moment? And this could be Spidey, it could be somebody else in there?
4: Well, it made me laugh, but it really also made me groan a bit. I think as great as the cover was, I do feel it might have been a little deliberately deceptive by showing everyone balancing so well on the glider together and then when you get into the comic and they're actually all three on the glider you know goblin you know much like silvermane and his date later that night just can't keep it up (laughs) so that felt like a bit of a bait and switch to show them all fighting on the glider but then that just kind of falls apart as soon as they really try it you know what i mean there was a lot of excitement and action going on it could
2: happen to anybody (laughs) i'm sorry i took that personally
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, Jurt, you got a Silly Spidey moment?
2: I do, I do, but it's kind of an inside joke Silly Spidey moment. I had to laugh as Spider-Man was plummeting to the ground, and I was like, what did he land in? A trash can. Essentially a very large trash can, and I, it just made me laugh. I know it's an inside joke for the long box Crusade, but funny nonetheless.
1: Mm-hmm. I thought the same
0: too.
2: Did you? Okay, I wasn't alone on that. Uh, what about you, Jason? I hope you picked the one that I had
0: on my B team roster. <laughs> I had the escape from the car when he yes, was in the yes, yes. I love when he just rips the steering yes. wheel off. Look at this juggles. Here, you hold this for a minute. Your buddy's yes. tired. That's mine too. That's <laughs> mine too. juggles <laughs> he, he handed him the steering <laughs> wheel. Then he ditched the car, and the car like uh. rolls right into the wall. Yes, good
1: job, Jason. (laughs) Yeah, that was mine too, Jason, so. Oh, you
2: have a B-team pet?
1: No, not well with the trash can one too, but. Uh, Well, sorry. You know, in these, it's hard to pick some good ones because there's a really good balance between, you know, the funny, the heart, the action and all that. So you get these good, quick little bites of fun.
2: Gosh, there was a lot of panels in this book. Did you notice that? Yeah, very cool though. All
1: right, well with that, let's go ahead and get an overall rating for this issue. Again, it's just a reminder, This rating is a one through five. Five, it tickled your tummy feathers. Four, you really liked it. Three, you liked it. Two, you didn't like it. And one, ruffled your tummy feathers. You hated
4: it. Mm. Jay, what's it going to be? Despite the silliness of the bag and the glider shenanigans, I'm going to give it a big, solid five, Uh, mainly for the strong reveal at the end and kind of the foreshadowing that they gave for the Goblin's, you know, maybe identity. Uh, Also gives it that readability factor. And of course, you know, with the artwork like like this, you don't hesitate to reread. Very good, very good, Jason.
0: I'm going to jump right aboard that five train. Mm-hmm. It was great action, some humor in there. We didn't really talk much about. Well, we talked a little bit about a great support from the B team, Robbie, Mary Jane, and such. Leaves you with a, a physical cliffhanger at the battle, and then the additional reveal as you turn the page is just awesome. Five stars for me, Jared.
2: Ooh, we are at triple fives, gentlemen. Ooh. For all the reasons you guys just gave, so all I want to know is, Pat, are we going to be listening to that soundbite one more time? I think we are. You know, I say I'm going to say,
0: everybody, get up now. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five will make you get down now. <laughs> I really need to learn this song. Yeah, I know you know it, but you're going to learn to love it.
2: You're
1: going to learn to love Well, if we get more fives,
2: definitely, definitely. I think it's the first time we've all fived up a story. I think so. It's what we get for getting rid of Delvin. Yeah. I'm confident Delvin would have gave it a five. I think Delvin would have given it a five as
1: well. I'd be interested to get Delvin's thoughts on this one, just especially how Len's been weaving the story and all that.
0: Since he's in France, he'd give it a five. <laughs>
2: we thank you very much for that jason
1: (laughs) all right well with that that's going to bring us to the end of this part of the show you got a comment or question send us an email at contact at lawboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the twitter instagram or facebook page we will be right back
5: the world's strongest hero the warrior from a hidden island the master of super speed the wielder of the weapon from beyond the stars, the champion of the seven seas. They are the only ones standing before a world beyond the brink of collapse. Their mission, abolish war and crime, eliminate poverty and hunger, clean the environment, cure disease, even stop death itself. They promise within a year to make the world a utopia, no matter how many lines they might need to cross. Coming soon to the pulp to pixel network, the Squadron Supreme cast, an
2: exploration of Mark Gruenwald's epic 1985 Squadron Supreme miniseries. A look at the heroes, the villains, the fine lines separating them, and how this miniseries continues to play an influence in mainstream superhero comics.
1: Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the second featured comic for this episode. And that's X-Men number 110. The credits for this issue are provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics website. Publisher was Marvel. Got a cover date of April 1978 with an on sale date of January 17th, 1978. Cover price was still 35 cents. Editor, Archie Goodwin. Writer,
0: Chris I'm S. Claremont. Esquire. Let it roll. Oh, wait. Wrong one.
1: Wrong one. You wrong Chris. Really wrong Wrong <laughs> We'll get to that one. Artist, Tony Dizaniga. Letterer is Annette Kawiki. Wiki, wiki. Colorist is Andrew Yankis. You can read along with us, and it's reprinted in Marvel Masterworks, Volume 12 of Uncanny X-Men, The Essential X-Men, Volume 1, Trade Paperback, or The Uncanny X-Men Omnibus, Volume 1. It is also found on Marvel Unlimited, and we hope you read along with us. Cover credits go to penciler Dave Cockrum, and anchor is Terry Austin. Jarrett, how about a cover description?
2: All right, since you asked
1: and. Cover girl,
3: put the bass in your walk. Head to toe, let your whole body talk. Cover girl, put the bass in your walk. Head to toe, let your whole body talk.
2: The Marvel Comics Group banner, which I'll be sad when it goes away one day, is black letters on an orange background corner box is red with the heads of Banshee, Colossus, Storm, Wolverine, Cyclops, and Nightcrawler. That unmistakable X-Men logo is white with blue highlights, and it's still titled All New, All Different. Our main action has a lot going on. Cyclops is attempting to shoot incoming mini-missiles with his optic blast as Storm dodges some lasers and Banshee is being wrapped up with metallic tentacles. Meanwhile, Colossus is attempting to beat down the exit door on a screen by the door, A dude that looks exactly like Colossus says, The name is Warhawk Mutants, and I'm going to slay you with your own danger room. All right, Pat, you're on the Cyclops shooting the missiles. Uh, Jay, you're on those lasers aimed at Storm. And Jason, you are Colossus banging on the door. Three, two, one, go.
3: boy! 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 Pew, pew! Pew, pew!
2: That's one of the best rounds we've ever had. Jason went full Russian banging on the door. I heard pew pews. I heard zzzz. I'm proud of each and every one of you.
0: Yeah, I figured i pushed it on the last one. I'd I'd do it right this time.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, motherfuckers been opening
0: door (laughs) Uh, all right
1: with that let's go get to some cover thoughts jay your thoughts on this cover
4: you know i don't like it as much as the last issue Mm. we did it had a you know hard act to follow and while i do like seeing some of my you know three out of four of x-men that i like because i don't care much for banshee it's just too busy for me and the action almost seems a little nonsensical, especially Colossus over there having, looks like he's having some trouble with an exit door, and those missiles are definitely going to hit Cyclops.
2: <laughs> I think he's screwed by that one on the left at
4: the very Yeah, least. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I it, it's just, it's a personal preference thing and maybe it was just kind of the era, but it's just a little too busy for my tastes. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from there. Do you think it's the lasers? The lasers definitely play a role, but it's also everyone kind of doing their own thing and they're not really, you know, it's just kind of, I know that they wanted to get pandemonium and chaos across. But yeah, it just wasn't for me personally. I, I would have maybe gone with something more along the lines of maybe show the villain a bit more because he's just kind of on a TV. You don't get a lot of context about him, but he's going to let yeah. the danger room do the job for him. So that is interesting. I'm interested to see X-Men versus the danger room. That's something it does well. When, when
1: you mentioned the, the villain in there, he's you know he's in his yellow uh, sweater that he's like, I'm so cool. I didn't even put my costume on. I'm just going to wear this <laughs> loungy sweater i have on.
5: i've
4: got more to say about his appearance but we'll talk about that in the story i
0: think he's got like flip-flops on too you know? he's got his jorts sweater jorts and flip-flops don't just on jorts
4: no that mofo wears some crocs, <laughs> with, yeah, socks. crocs, crocs with socks crocs with socks Sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh jason what's your thoughts on it
0: i kind of like it i mean i get that it is busy it's a little frantic but i thought that they did a good job of getting four main characters on there each very distinctive i particularly like cyclops in the foreground blasted those missiles i think it looks uh, pretty good it's pretty exciting I like it. What do you think, Jared? I'm with you. And I'm kind of like between you
2: and Jay. I think it's a little maybe too busy, but I do like it. It does have a lot of my favorite X-Men on it. Cyclops looks really good. You know, I'm, I've been a Cyclops fan for a while. My only real complaint was, it was my little sarcastic comment in the cover description, is the villain looks exactly like Colossus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like okay. You couldn't have like at least given him a different haircut or something. Maybe it's just something I don't understand. I don't know jack squat about the Warhawk though. So
0: I've been reading X-Men for a long time, but I didn't remember Warhawk when I read it this time. I guess we
2: can get more on that in the story. But overall, I think it's a really fun and actiony cover. So I'm kind of I think I'm kind of between you and Jay and. That leaves you, Pat. Um, uh, you know, I'm feeling what Jay
1: and you are saying. If it was just kind of Cyclops on that cover like that, that would be kind of cool and interesting. But, uh, you know, it is kind of a busy cover. The way Storm's bending, is it mm. me or does it look a little different? Mm. I don't know. Maybe that just mm. throws me yeah. off.
0: <laughs> Jared, <total> settle <laughs> down. Oh, I'm sorry. I got dizzy. And this time, Banshee's keeping his legs close. <laughs> Showing us the goods.
1: That's true. We're not getting into any of the Banshee Plus stuff. Plus
0: one for no Banshee bats. <laughs> <laughs> don't get to see his four-leaf clovers.
1: <laughs> I find it interesting, Derek, that you would said the the Marvel Comics group on the top there. When does that go away?
2: I was just thinking that when okay. I was writing now it. Now I'm going to have to. I don't know when it goes away, but I know it disappears sometime in the early 80s. Okay. I think. But, you know, one of these days it's going to be gone and I just kind of miss it. Yeah. Comic that has that Marvel Comics Group banner logo right across that like that. It makes me feel good
0: inside. Yeah, yeah, it makes me want to pick it up and read it, no matter what the title, no is. matter what it is. Yes,
1: I want to read it. It's very good and iconic, and you can tell. I like it when you're going through the back bins and all that. That's you can see that top cover, and you know kind of where what time frame that's around. Mm-hmm. You can pull it, and you're gonna sometime get a good story. I think. All right. Well, with that, let's go into some cover ratings for this one. With this, it's a one through five as well. It's five. It gave you a ring to swing on. Four, you really liked it. Three, you liked it. Two, you didn't like it. And one, you hated it. It turned you into a baby.
2: That's been going around.
0: (laughs) (laughs) More common than I thought.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Jay? I'm going to have to give it a three. I didn't quite baby out on it, but Ah. it's not one that grabbed me. Jared?
0: I'm
2: going to bump it up to a four. I like it just a little. I think it's real solid, real good stuff. I mean, you got Cockrum and Austin together. That's a one-two combination. Just a little too busy to to make the five. And I will throw it to
0: Jason. I'm going to join you with that four. I really liked it. I thought it did a really good job of capturing a lot of chaos on the cover in a way that wasn't too busy. Not a perfect cover, but really good. I enjoyed it. So four from me.
1: Guess what, guys? I think we're going to have a split decision here.
0: Uh Uh, Uh-oh. A three from Pat?
1: We got a three from me. I'm going to be with Jay on Three Mile Island here. You guys are two cool guys? Yep, two cool guys. We're the The fantastic fours. So we're going to have to see what our listeners out there think. Help break the tie breaker for us. Are you with the bros or two cool guys? I would think it's two cool guys. (laughs)
0: There he goes. Trying to lean the witness,
2: your honor. (laughs) (laughs) Objection. <laughs> Overruled. I know we've already talked about cover stuff, but I always I, I want to point out one thing. I don't know if it's just on the digital, but I love the two-tone color work that's done on Cyclops's visor. Mm-hmm. I know it's a yeah. tiny little detail,
0: but I just love it. That's all. Yeah, it kind of yeah. captures, like, the light from the... Yeah, it just gives the a eye blast. Blast.
2: And there's not a lot of other two-tones, but I just love it. I know it's weird and small, but it just jumped out at me. No,
0: that's good. That's good catch.
1: All right, well, with that, let's go ahead and get to the short synopsis brought to you by Jason.
0: I was supposed to be a short synopsis (laughs) oh my (laughs) goodness
1: 34 episodes jason 34
0: episodes let me regale you with this tale
2: (laughs) jay we've told him he gets two minutes or less and he takes great pleasure
4: in filling up the full two minutes every time two Uh, minutes i'll I'll settle in and i'll uh wake me up when he finishes (laughs) fingernail clippers that's what i do
0: oh you'll be hanging on the edge
4: of your seat here (laughs)
0: all right make them hear it make them feel it make them believe it cyclops storm
1: Banshee, Nightcrawler, Wolverine, Colossus, Children of the Atom, Students of Charles Xavier, Mutants, feared and hated by the world they have sworn to protect, These are the strangest heroes of all. These are the X-Men. Stanley presents the Uncanny X-Men.
0: The title is The X-Sanction. The X-Men are trying to relax on a warm summer day by playing softball when unbeknownst to them, a mysterious assailant has penetrated the grounds. The dastardly Saboteur quickly knocks out Moira, Jean, and Professor X and rigs a deadly trap for the rest of the X-Men by hacking the Danger Room server. When Cyclops leads Wolverine, Storm, Nightcrawler, Colossus, and Banshee through the training regimen in the Danger Room, the trap is sprung and the X-Men find themselves fighting for their lives as the training facility tries to kill them and won't let them leave. Using their powers and working as a team, the X-Men manage to stay one step ahead of the Danger Room's deadly traps. Realizing that their only chance to escape the room is from the outside, Cyclops orders Nightcrawler to teleport himself and Wolverine outside and disable the danger room's computer programming. The strain of the teleportation renders both mutants temporarily unconscious, but Wolverine revives to find himself face-to-face with the deadly assailant, a mysterious entity calling himself Warhawk. Wolverine quickly disables the danger room and engages Warhawk in combat, buying time for his teammates to free themselves and come to his aid. Although Warhawk is a skilled fighter and almost as strong as Colossus, he quickly learns that there are few things in life more dangerous than being almost as strong as Colossus, and trying to fight Colossus as the stalwart Russian drops him like a bad habit. Who is this mysterious assailant? Who does he serve? Will Professor X finally drop a few bucks for ADT and stop the bad guys from walking in and out of the mansion? All will be revealed. <laughs> I
1: don't think that last part is going to happen.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's trying to pinch some pennies, I guess, man. And the mansion just keeps on getting invaded. I you know. <laughs> he's going to come there one time and find the X-Wing all up on blocks. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Damn
1: it! It's probably getting invaded just as many times as Aunt May is dead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's probably right. That's, there should be a ratio. We can <laughs> we can check.
1: Well, with that, let's get into the bric-a-brac for this issue. Is it a first read or
4: reread, Jay? Very much my first read. Oh, Jared.
2: It doesn't matter.
0: Jason's going to ruin it, but
4: it's a yeah, first read.
1: It's a first read for me as well, Jason.
0: Ruined. Ruined.
1: Oh, root. Sad Reading Rainbow. Oh. <laughs> Re- <laughs> Cue the sad music.
0: Take a
3: look. It's in a book. Reading Rainbow. <laughs>
5: Reading Rainbow. We <laughs> cannot fly as high.
1: Mm. Well, on that uh, low note,
4: let's mm. go ahead and get into some high, low, or what does for this issue. Jay? You got a high, lower what the? I think my what the is when Cyclops on page eight suggests they all get crack.
2: Okay, I got to check this out. <laughs> what? How is this?
4: He, he literally says, um, let's get crack. Arg. <laughs> so I guess uh, he kind of started early.
0: <laughs> well, he does? <laughs> let's
2: get crack. Arg. Yeah, well, You <laughs>
4: You know, every uh, every week on Twitter, I run a hashtag comics out of context. And this mm-hmm. panel is going to definitely be one of those mm-hmm. <laughs> probably before this airs. In fact, <laughs> I've dropped the comics out of context a time or two myself. <laughs> well, good. Well, let's both have fun with this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was all yours because you spotted it and I didn't. Well, maybe maybe I have it. an eye for crack. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> yeah. And I have oh, yeah. I have one more. What the if you don't mind? He's trying He's are two things in one round, Pat. Oh. <laughs> well, 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 we'll let him go. We'll let him go. Go let ahead. Go. He's guest. <laughs> Well, it it was just to do with Moira. You know, Moira, who regularly spends time with mutants and is even just (laughs) hanging out with Nightcrawler, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sees the uh, cable man come to the door who Mm -hmm. has an unusual face and just loses it like right in front of him. Like, oh, my God, why are you so hideous? (laughs) Like, woman, you've worked with mutants your entire life. Is this what you do every time you see a mutant that looks a little odd? Uh, I trying to say like, oh, it just must be plastic surgery is like, does that look like? plastic surgery <laughs> yeah my plastic surgery always turns me blue and <laughs> makes me <laughs> This guy Warhawk. I don't mean to jump ahead, but he's almost like the bargain bin of X Men villains. They took like uh, Archangel skin tone with Colossus's body, and then the the clothing that would belong to like Xavier on the weekends or something. <laughs> <laughs> he's a very cobbled together villain. Yeah. yeah, I don't know anything about this guy. Me neither.
0: Yeah, I, like I said, I, read I really this need thing to. Again and I was like, I don't remember this guy at all.
2: I think there's your answer, Pat. Yeah. Jason's been reading X Men comics his entire life, and he doesn't remember. That tells you what you need to know. Jared, you got a high, low, or what right the? I have got a high. I've Ooh. got a high. We've mentioned the name Tony DeZonega a few times and it's always as an anchor and he is the guest artist for the whole book. And I think he did a really fabulous job.
3: Mm-hmm. i I'll second an, that. For an yeah. anchor
2: stepping yeah. up to a full art for the whole book, I think he did a really good job. So hats off, Tony.
0: You the man. Yeah, that was one of my comments as well. I thought he did a spectacular job for filling in. Absolutely. All I
4: of guess, the art was first rate. I guess that goes to Jason. I guess
0: I'll just kick it off with a high. I always enjoy watching watching the x-men playing softball or when they all get together and kind of come back from a mission and just have a little bit of downtime i don't know why it just always tickles my tummy feather i enjoy that wolverine so takes the- that softball seriously man he does yeah. man. He's playing and gene is a cheater <laughs> uh, yeah i'm like oh ho- house rules you know so like, it, it could break a window
4: <laughs> yeah whatever so it's a single what <laughs> While Wolverine stands there wishing she was single. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, zip, zip, zow. But that, that's uh, a good
1: point, Jay, because I think she's really she's looking all right nice. in this one. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. In the baseball game was a high for me, too. This is the first time we've actually, through this series of, of reading, that we've had them playing baseball, right?
0: Yeah, this whole story really is kind of one where you're starting to see them come together a little bit.
1: hmm Yep, I agree. I mean, we've seen them, like, out
4: in the walk or whatever they were doing. A, well, last issue, yeah.
0: Yeah just hanging out at the lake
2: just or whatever. Out, yeah.
4: mm-hmm. You can also say the Teen Titans, but I don't think any superhero group does the daily life as a family better than the X-Men.
0: I would agree. Maybe Fantastic
4: Four, but. But they're literally a family, so it doesn't count.
0: Yeah, I always yeah. kind of compared the X-Men to like a professional baseball or football team. And then you have like the Avengers or like an all-star team that comes together, you know. And speaking um, of
4: baseball, there's a huge question that's on my mind is why were Wolverine and Col- Colossus, the only ones wearing their costumes for the game. <laughs> Everybody else is in civvies, but. Uh. <laughs> Laundry day.
0: Fair point. <laughs> Colossus
2: no. was
4: wearing his under his
2: clothes, so that's even worse. Because Colossus was wearing Night a regular outfit. In his. Night, is Nightcrawler in was his.
4: An, Okay, Nightcrawler. Well, you know, Nightcrawler, Night. yeah. Okay,
1: but he, he could have
4: dressed up. Though. He could have imaged himself or imaged something. Himself. Oh, and Jean and Scott lived somewhere else, so they were visiting, so they wouldn't have been wearing their costumes. And that was a big theme of the book: is whether or not Jean was going to be a full time X Man. Mm-hmm. That's a good reason actually to have them not in their costumes.
0: See, we
1: resolved it. That wasn't, wasn't she still living with Misty? Yes.
4: Yes.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. Well, how come she's not in the Shh, how come she's sh- not sh- playing sh- baseball?
0: Hello, the it's a cable guy. <laughs> oh my God, your face.
4: <laughs> oh, it's totally normal. Wow, thank you. Plastic thank surgery. You. I was just feeling confident about going out in public again. Thank you. <laughs> Moira. Now I'm going to charge you double. Come on, Moira. It's game together. The two most powerful telepaths in Marvel don't detect the cable guy with a bad mission. Yeah. They get taken out really quick.
0: Yeah, they have that ethical code where they don't read minds. Wink. Wink <laughs> wink.
4: <laughs> they still can sense emotions without reading the mind. They can sense, you know, the elevated enzymes as he prepares to like shoot Moira. They didn't sense Moira lose consciousness at least. Or I, I just don't see how you could do that right under Jean Grey and Charles Xavier's noses, especially when this is taking place when the Phoenix stuff is happening to Jean.
0: Well, to be fair, Jay, that's one of the notes I had. It's like it is ridiculously easy to break into the X mansion with all these super powered folks around. I agree with you.
1: Yeah. I'm interested to see who his boss is. You know, like they said, it's it's got to be somebody that knows a little bit about the mansion.
4: Maybe it's a character more memorable than Warhawk. Mm. I would hope so. Would, would you guys like to join my Warhawk fan club? Take a pass on that, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, well, what's the benefits? <laughs> um, Any giveaways? Yeah, we give away every piece of Warhawk memorabilia ever made. <laughs> oh.
2: It's not a big package. And if I may, big package. But anyway, I digress. Oh, well. All right, Jason, you got a high, low or what the?
0: Yeah, I thought that there was, um, you know, sexist language aside, it was kind of good to see Wolverine actually acting as a team, rescuing his folks, working as a unit there in the danger room. We're starting to see, I think, them start to coalesce a little bit more. I mean, even if we compare this with the last issue where they were all kind of out doing their own things, this issue kind of brings them all together keeps them together in the danger room, and they overcome a common foe. So I kind of like the theme of coalescing in this book.
2: Okay. I don't know
4: what coalescing means. Yeah, I say means, but Jason doesn't want to use coalescing on yeah. the show today.
0: Coming together. Unifying.
4: Uh, okay. That's exactly what I loved about it. Yes.
1: Looking at this issue, Jean is doing something to Professor's chair. Is she just like mentally moving him around?
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think she is.
4: Yeah, I saw that. I'm like, what is she kind of doing here? He already has a ramp, so (laughs) why does she need to telekinetically lift him?
0: She's being nice, showing
4: off. I don't know. Isn't that like the mutant equivalent to picking him up and carrying up the stairs? Because that's kind of (laughs) weird. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it's not quite as weird as Xavier liking her when she was underage and all that. But, that was know. weird. That was that but, was weird. I mean, he's a telepath. They're both telepaths. Does he get turned on by Jean Grey carrying him telekinetically? I would. Oh, yeah, me Me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs>
0: Jane, I rolled down the ramp again.
2: <laughs> I find myself in the gray area.
4: <laughs> Charles probably never felt so safe in someone's arms again until Hugh Jackman carried him around the houses <laughs> and Logan.
1: <laughs> One of my highs, I guess, is going to be, I like we get to see the fastball special, not only in the baseball, but mm-hmm. also in the Danger Room.
4: Always welcome a fastball special. <laughs> and to that point, the Danger Room action was a high for me as well because that's some classic X-Men and they all were playing their roles Very well, Uh, especially Cyclops taking on the role as the leader, as you know, as he does so well.
0: Good, good.
1: I like that we find when Nightcrawler kind of bamps in. They both him and Wolverine get kind of knocked out as he's still kind of finding his powers mm-hmm. and what his power set levels are at at this time yeah. is interesting. It sure does go up from here. It does. But yeah, that's what I'm interested in. I'm learning a little bit more on, on that as well.
4: Jay, do you got another high low? Well, I, if I'm going to give a low, it's going to be that Wolverine used the term flaming at least three times in the book. <laughs> you, fl- you know, you flame whatever. I, I get that it was that time and place and how he was using it. But, you know, there are other their words, But the big high for me was really just the, keeping the continuity and keeping some of the greatest hits in there with making it new. Um, they kept Storm's claustrophobia, which has been a consistent part of that character as well, yeah, even right. even to this day. There was an issue recently where Storm had to go to prison with the other X-Men, and they put her in solitary, and it really messed with her claustrophobia. Mm-hmm. So I like when I see these ideas are still popping up in comics and they've been there for so long. It either means that we really care about continuity or we just don't have that many ideas <laughs>
0: <laughs> little call a little column b
4: sometimes jerry
0: just
2: a quick high for the moxie of nightcrawler man he finally got up got on his feet and the first thing he did was punch that metal dude right in the face <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> <laughs> he was
0: well, like, Shazam. And <laughs> he stole that device off of him, too. Yes. Man. yes. He was both sneaky and strong.
4: Stealing the device off him was very Nightcrawler, but I don't see how one of Kirk's punches would hurt that guy. Yeah, I didn't if either. he was able to stand up to Wolverine and the Adamantium claws before that.
2: We've talked about this, some of these early appearances of Nightcrawler. I think they were really toying with the idea of giving him some super strength, because we've seen right. some other examples of that. Remember, fellas, yeah, ripping like, that
0: door off the that-
2: ripping the door off in the Spider-Man issue, I think. Think it sure. was and I think they just hadn't decided to kind of lower his strength level yet at this point.
0: Well, I thought this was also good is showing him working as a team because he does go up, he hits him and he's like, Oh, I'm not doing any effect. Colossus, you're up and the Colossus just wails on him. So I mm-hmm. thought that was kind of cool.
4: I think the Colossus Warhawk fight needed a few more panels. If they had been available. Mm -hmm. That would have been cool. Yeah. One body slam. And that was kind
2: of it for Warhop. It did give Jason a nice opportunity to make a funny comment in his write up, though,
0: about (laughs) (laughs) learning the dangers of being almost Uh, as powerful as Colossus Colossus and then going to fight Colossus. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tag on a little bit to what we talked about with the claustrophobia with Storm. Another element that I liked about it, we're still getting to know these characters. So I thought it was cool, and it it didn't dawn on me until I read this comic that not everybody knows her weakness. These are very proud people, and they're not always apt to share the weaknesses that they have. And it's only Banshee who knows about it and tells the rest of the team because, again continuity, they experienced it in Scotland when they fought Mm -hmm. Juggernaut and Black Tom. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was cool. One of my
1: highs is that in this issue, they talk about Iron Fist Wolverine talks about, you know, dealing with Iron Fist. That's right. Yep. We're starting to see them kind of branch out where we saw Nightcrawler in a Spider-Man issue before and and mm-hmm. we're starting to see them kind of you know, spread out into other
4: comics now. Yes.
1: Does anybody know what happened in that issue?
4: They fought. That was in Marvel Premiere Volume 1, Issue 23 featuring Iron Fist. Actually, Warhawk is the one who was in that issue fought Iron Fist and that was why Wolverine said, this reminds me of when I fought Iron Fist. So you know, we in the Warhawk fan club who oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> follow his his three his three appearances uh nice with with great care (laughs) with great care mind you but in only like two appearance he has like maybe two appearances in marvel comics they do make an attempt at getting him some continuity and putting him in you know weaving him into the larger universe at least they you know that they tried but he needed he needed to stand out a bit more he needed his own look Mm -hmm. it it didn't have it i mean he's got a pretty generic name when you get down to it Mm -hmm. they tried to bring him back as battle sparrow later it didn't go any better
2: (laughs) combat macaw
1: (laughs) (laughs) lordy i don't know if i want to join that fan club anymore
4: (laughs) the fighting finch (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) (coughs) at one point they were going to relaunch him as angry bird and then that just went off in a whole different direction (laughs) the
0: whole thing Oh, mm, man, If he's man. getting royalties off of that. He's laughing at us right now.
4: <laughs> well, why do you think he doesn't have to appear in comics? Anymore? <laughs> ah, that's what I'm
0: thinking. That's how you retired. <laughs> Who's laughing now, boys?
4: Not to mention the residuals he's still getting from this Uncanny X-Men issue 110. 110. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, with that, does anybody have any final high, low or what do you want to toss out there?
4: I'm out. Nah, I think we're, we're good. I think we covered it. I love the mutant ball, love the baseball again, and it reminded me of a great episode of X-Men Evolution. Did you guys ever watch that cartoon series? Oh, sporadically. A couple here and there. Yeah, a couple here and yeah, there. Yeah, nothing fully. They played baseball in a few episodes of that. I was, that yeah. was always a high point for me, too. Pretty nice. cool. Let's go ahead and find out who went the extra mile in this issue. Jay, do you have somebody that went the extra mile? Nightcrawler all day. He's the MVP. Right. Bamf! Banff, Banff. Yep. Not only did he get the device off the guy, I mean, he threw a punch at, you know, the awesome, amazing Warhawk. <laughs> <laughs> and he also, uh, you know, like you said, he tested his own power. And uh, I think he realized kind of what he was made of in this issue a bit. So, yeah, definitely Nightcrawler, who doesn't even make the cover, by the way. Mm.
1: Yeah, that's true.
4: Yeah. Yeah, maybe he's blending in with the shadows. But Banshee does. Banshee, really? Yeah. My weak man, it's similar to my Warhawks.
0: So. Yeah,
1: Jason, who went the extra mile for you?
0: Wolverine gets it for me. Nightcrawler wouldn't even have been able to do that teleportation move if Wolverine hadn't saved him in the danger room. He also saved Storm. He also saved Cyclops's life. And then he's the one that came to, took out the danger room, released the friends, and was able to subdue the intruder. So I'm going for Wolverine on this one. I like
2: the inner debate about
0: saving Cyclops. <laughs> <laughs> I did too. Man. I get my sweet, oh, well.
2: sweet gene action if I just do nothing.
0: Oh no! Oh
2: no! Cyclops! No oh, duck! Cyclops duck!
4: <laughs> did, did you guys read? Did you guys read Ultimate X-Men in the 2000s? Yes, I did. Yes. Wolverine straight up leaves Cyclops to die so he can go be with Jean. <laughs> And decisions it was, have to be made that's alright man it was a different earth we'll say that it was a different <laughs> earth but it was the same short shorts <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jared what did you think I'm
2: giving the extra mile since you're being a homer for Wolverine I'm being a homer for my Cyclops I thought he showed tremendous leadership Jay mentioned that earlier just tremendous leadership as one of the more lower level power guys probably the lowest level power guy in the room just keeping it all together you know how I'm a big fan of the whole leadership thing so I'm giving it to Cyclops awesome what do you and think
1: I- Patrice you know I think the same thing too with Cyclops everybody was kind of picking you had Nightcrawler then you had well, I'm going to go with Cyclops as well, too. The other two were on my list as well.
2: Yeah, they're all good choices. I think everybody's got great choices tonight. lot to choose from in this book, especially if you're, like, president of the Warhawk fan club. Mm -hmm. That's right. (laughs) I I needed it a little bit more. I needed him to step up his game a little bit here.
4: (laughs) We accept dues on the first. Um, (laughs) Oh, I thought you guys paid people to be at the club. Well, that's that's what I mean. You'll you'll get your payment on, on oh, the first. Oh, well, then, well, yeah, maybe that's you know, We're Hawk. But, uh, uh, unfortunately, we can only pay the thirty five cent cover price of this <laughs> a fantastic issue where he made an unforgettable appearance. I can't believe that he's not appeared in one of the, the Fox films.
3: <laughs>
4: mm-hmm, we'll see. It would have saved Dark Phoenix, you know, <laughs> wouldn't it hurt. I haven't seen Dark Phoenix yet, so I can't really say.
0: I haven't either, actually. I've seen it. You know. Yeah, what was the Warhawk ratio in it? Uh,
1: to nothing. <laughs> could have used a little bit more. <laughs> well, with that, let's go ahead and find out what we're going to rate this issue. It's a one through five. Five is it gave you a ring to swing on. Four, you really liked it. Three, you just liked it. Two, you didn't like it at all. And one, you hated it. It turned you into a baby, just yeah. like
4: Needle.
2: And apparently Silvermane. And Silvermane.
4: Jay? I'm going to give it a strong four for showing a great slice of daily life for the X-Men, getting the relationships all well, strong voice for all the characters. I only had to take off one point because some of the elements that were probably common just don't hold up as well now, so it's looking at it through today's lens. But definitely a solid four out of five for this awesome adventure and the pinnacle for the Warhawk (laughs) fan club. (laughs) This is a
0: landmark
2: moment.
4: I would have thought you'd give it a little bit higher for that.
1: (laughs) Jason?
0: I'm going to bump it down a little bit. It's a three, strong three for me. I liked it. Good filler issue. Didn't really remember the villain. I think that's what drags it down for me a little bit. But uh, all in all, very solid.
1: Would you guys say this is a filler
2: issue? Like uh, the go between? (sighs) I think so. I mean... It did leave us with the plot thread of who this guy's boss is.
1: Yeah, that's where I'm kind of thinking. Is it one? Is it, you know, is it one where it's just the, the wind down? Maybe you it's could, a
4: prelude. You know, you could probably skip it and not lose anything, but there's just mm. the character development there and Gene's decision to rejoin the X-Men. Yeah,
0: that's a solid point.
4: Yeah, that is a good point with
1: Wolverine and, and some of that there going on. You, yeah, you get a little more deeper thoughts by Wolverine.
2: Jarrett. What's your score? Is it really a decision to rejoin the X-Men if you've been in every issue? (laughs) I've decided to stay. You've been here the whole time. You've never left. (laughs) In fact, you took us
1: to a planet and brought us
2: back again. Misty's like, the Reds (laughs) do. Where have you been? Where have you been? (laughs) Man, I gotta tell you, I think we're gonna have a rare instance here where I'm gonna rate an X-Men higher than Jason. I think I'm gonna go four. Mm-hmm. I just I like the adventure. I like the mystery of who this guy's boss is, I like the characterizations. I was probably sitting on a three, but I think Wolverine being way overly serious about baseball, even when he doesn't <laughs> know where to stand when playing first base. He looks like he's some bastardized shortstop between first and second a position that doesn't even exist. And then when he considered letting sci-fi Cyan- was on. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) When you consider letting Cyclops die for a shot at his girl, I was like, oh, this is a total four. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> so it pushed me up to four. What about you, Pat?
1: I think I'm going to land at a four as well, too. Hey, I,
0: I, I kind of like the boat anchor. Yeah. I'm out of three surprised.
1: mile island. Surprise, surprise. I think, it, like Jay said, a lot of character building here. Some action. Art was really decent. Uh, lots of words. So this was a little slower of a page turner for me. It was uh, very wordy. It was wordy. One, or or then the Spider-Man one. Chris
0: so S. Claremont S. Square. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, with that, I think that's going to bring us to the end of this part of the show. You got it. Comments. It
2: almost does, but I have to say one more thing that I meant to say earlier. All right. Speaking of the words, this dude Warhawk, once he shot and stunned Moira, just take a look and see how much he talked to himself. He talked to himself. Very informative to himself. <laughs> informatively for many, many, many panels. I was like, who are you talking to? <laughs> <laughs> if
4: it brings he up- was obviously speaking to the Warhawk fan club. <laughs> we should try that at work. We should yeah. just go and narrate <laughs> our day. Like, I spend a significant portion of my life wearing a Bluetooth, so I think that's probably how I look to most people when they see me <laughs> just well, out and about. Good.
0: Yeah.
4: <laughs> I've got to find answers,
2: and fast. Who are you talking <laughs> anyway i'm, I'm sorry not. pat the battery's been out of this bluetooth for like five days <laughs> you were trying to close this part of the show but i just i just remembered that i wanted to talk yeah. about that
1: but that brings up a good point and then we'll end it at that when he's talking to himself then whoever his boss is starts talking to him mentally then after the guy's done talking to him he begins to tell him how much he hates him <laughs>
2: <laughs> i know right i oh, suck what you, you say he's gonna find free. out who you are i'm gonna beat the crap out of you <laughs> I swear it. Meanwhile, I got to move over to this panel and who are you talking to?
1: <laughs> Wouldn't you think the guy who's controlling would hear him talking to? Yes. I, I can hear you. A a one-way communication. I don't Uh Warhawk, we love you. Do you think with Warhawk fan club would we all get like headsets we can talk to each other in mm. in the brainwaves like that?
4: No, the rule is you only talk to yourself. Oh. oh. It's okay. very strict. All right. Well, with that, I think it's time to
1: give this part of the show a close. So got a comment or question, send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook page. And we will be right back.
5: For years, the Fire and Water Podcast Network has found its joy talking about comics. From Aquaman and Firestorm to Batman and Plastic Man. From giant treasuries to pocket-sized digests. From massive miniseries events to singular one-shot adventures. From romance to horror to whatever the hell Ohatmu or Not is. In the last year, they've begun to carve a path through their favorite television shows, such as M.A.S.H., Cheers, and Justice League Unlimited, and there's no sign of them stopping. What medium will Fire and Water conquer next? Do you like good music? Introducing Fire and Water Records, the music anthology podcast from the Fire and Water Network. Find your joy in all new ways as members of the Fire and Water Network and their friends discuss favorite songs, albums, concerts and artists hang on i've been doing a music show for two years featuring record revolution join the brothers daily as we catalog the essential years that shaped popular music and our own lives a very daily christmas an annual celebration of our favorite holiday tracks plus all new episodes of zoom for sam
0: the show in which i share my joy of samantha fox by spotlighting a single single every single episode
5: and Pod Dylan. No, not Pod Dylan. We discussed this. That's staying on its own feet. Not Pod Dylan, but everything else I said, plus so much more. There's even a chance David Ace Gutierrez will show up, which brings us back to Fastball, which is really one of the most interesting American bands in the world today. When you think about the number of side projects and solo projects associated with the band, it actually almost outdone Fire and Water Records. A proud part of the fire and water podcast network.
2: Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the feedback part of the show where we share your comments, emails, questions, likes, and shares in a segment called crusader comments. We are thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout-outs to our Crusaders Club members. These are the fine folks who have joined our crusade. They enjoy discounts from my online store, which is the theyardsaleartist.bigcartel.com, early access to special long box episodes, voting to help determine our show content, a quarterly newsletter if Pat ever writes his article, and Never. so much more. So these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. <music>
0: Blast it or stash it? Bob Buster. Braxton Underwood.
2: David Collins. Gene Hendricks. I, the Collector. Ivor Evans. Joe Thomas.
0: John and Maggie. Hi, Maggie.
2: Maxwell Trevor. Miranda W. Mr. Lobotomy. Reggie Hancock. Get well, Reggie. Ronald Went, Ross McCodd.
4: I hope I said that right.
2: Absolutely. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Steve Cronin. Ten. Just ten. Toronto Cop. And if we miss anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release, so if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, no worries. Just let us know if we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com. We'll get it straightened out. that will feel nice because somebody sent him an email. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I know. As a reminder, you can become a Crusaders Club member by heading over to Patreon.com and searching Longbox Crusade for as little as $1 a month. Is that a typo, Pat? No, it's not. Can you believe that? It's Jeez, only $1, Jerry. $1 a month? Give me for a most people. <laughs> yes, that's, that's even less than the Warhawk fan club. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't beat that.
4: You can't beat that. Well, you it's get like access to the. 35 amazing- cents.
2: 35.
4: <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit more than that.
2: Yeah, you, know, you, you get a bargain. Uh, and you'll get access to the Amazing World of Crusaders Club. So come check it out. And if you don't have any extra scratch laying around, but still want to help us here at LBC headquarters, please take a moment to write a review on iTunes for this podcast. Even if you want to keep it short with star ratings, it helps raise the profile of the show and we'll share your review on the next show. And guess what, guys? I got a quick iTunes review for us. Ooh. Oh, yeah. we heard from Sherman Riddle or Sherm Riddle gave us a five-star review and Sherm said enjoying this more and more especially episodes regarding content I have some background knowledge of i.e. Transformers, X-Men and Spider-Man. Well we did two out of three here boys. Two out of three ain't bad. bad.
0: bad.
2: Sherman's an old friend of Delvin and I's from our fan cred days if anybody remembers that app but uh, thanks for stopping by and dropping the
0: review there Sherman. Well Jared while we're on the subject I also have a review to give to one of our Listeners, hey, hey, good it is a five star review for Aaron Moss who sent the meatloaf recipe. Wait, didn't Jeff send that? I thought yeah. it was Aaron. No, it was Jeff. Oh, Aaron, Aaron. Said, Aaron sent the first one.
2: So, you got a review on Jeff's meatloaf. Which is funny to say. <laughs> <laughs> Again, two out of three ain't bad.
0: <laughs> oh, man. No, it was very good. I got to say, this was at least four stars. I think if I would have upped the salt a little bit in there, I probably would have given it five stars. Very tasty. Thank you.
2: That sounds delicious. Very good. Very good.
1: We're building our uh, Crusader Christmas Club recipe book. Recipe book. Yep. All
2: right. Well, I think it's time to get into the people who have supported the show and pimped us out with the likes and the shares and the retweets. I will kick it off with Aaron Head Moss. Professor Allen.
0: Alec Edward Taylor. That's like three first names. Angel Navarro. A.U. Rob Pixel Pusher. War Eagle A.U. Rob. Ben Josephson. Charlie Niemeyer. Chris
2: at BTO and Fat Books. Let's go! Let roll. Roll. Down the highway! Oh. <laughs> no. Robinson, Damon Hayward, Darth Ron, David Briggs, David Collins, Bat Bat Bat, bat Battle Wagon. just a
4: crazy, crazy old man. man. This is crazy old <laughs> Derek William Crabb. Everybody walk the Dinosaur Dell.
2: Dungeon Choir. <laughs>
1: I wonder what they sing.
4: Uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but I'll take a stop at it. <laughs> It doesn't stop. <laughs> Jimmy's lesser known younger brother, who also rocks, Gene Hendrix. <laughs> <That'd be done. laughs> <laughs> that he does. In brighter day and blackest night,
0: it's Green Lantern H.G. Followed up by Hal Jordan, Hellman Romero, Hoover Jeremiah, Iowa's Joe Crawford, Ivan Chudley, Downtown Jeffrey Brown, Jody L. Sellers, Jonathan Schaefer Hames. Who mm. knows what he did? Who knows. Julie Bonderud, Junie George Maddox the Third.
4: I'm gonna say this one like Batman. Justices first dawn. I was Good. That
0: was really good. I'm <laughs> impressed, man. I don't want to go. I'm just going to skip my turn. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I can't skip it. It's Ken Solo, Artist Extraordinaire. Kenneth Trace, our buddy Laurel, Mountain Flower, Licarto Seven, Lobo Black Wolf. Oh. Oh.
2: Logan Garrett. Lola Bell.
4: Long Box of Darkness. It's like our alter egos.
0: Lauren <laughs> <laughs> Skinkus Art.
4: Lord Metallic.
0: Michael K. Rabone.
4: Paul Anguiano. Paul T. Smith.
0: Philip O.
1: Oh, oh, that's my old face.
4: Philip Gardner, I can dig it. Rad Adventures.
2: Ranger Gord. Raphael Selton. Rick Heineken. Ross McCod, Perfect. Ruth Sutherland. Sasori 113. A lot of people don't know that's Japanese for Scorpion, and I edit the show, so I'm going to (laughs) sound (laughs) right. Secret Wars and Beyond Podcast. Steve Burke. Stephen Gibson. Tim Price. Come on down. Timmy. Oh man, our boy TPS Byers, the Toronto cop. Serve and protect, my friend.
4: Unpacking the power of Power Pack.
2: Give him a beat! <laughs> I can't tell if we're getting better or worse on that. <laughs> Fernard Jeffries. Warlord Worlds. And I'll bring it back with the only double X-rated podcast out there at Cenozoic Xenophiles. Ooh, triple, double X. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, so it appears that we have some more. Looks like I'm making some macaroni and cheese. Fellas. <laughs> All right, so our buddy Tim Price hit us up on the website and said, "Oh, I did not hear Jason dissing macaroni and cheese. Hang on, email recipe coming soon." And he sent a recipe, so it's recipe time, people. Woo. Woo, woo. Yes, indeed. It looks like he's got a macaroni and cheese recipe that is going to be to die for. I'm not going to reveal the full recipe. We're going to let Jason. I, Jason somehow became the guinea pig for all these recipes. <laughs> I guess
0: so. But
2: I'm already. I don't even
0: remember, what did I say about macaroni and cheese? I don't remember dissing macaroni and cheese.
2: Uh, you said that because we've been the X-Men comics have been not good, it was kind of like eating dog turds. And then we got a halfway decent issue. It was macaroni and cheese. But, you know, it wasn't great, but it was better than dog turd. I remember everything.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't mean I don't like macaroni and cheese. <laughs> well, you're going
2: to be making some Timmy style. So get back to us on that and uh, we'll see what happens. Looks like we got another one from Ciscoid uh, via the website or via email, Pat? Via the website as well, too. So thank yeah. you both Timmy
1: and Ciscoid.
2: All right. Ciscoid from the website says, I have that Alpha Flight precursor story in my collection twice, even if I don't have this issue or the next I'm highly confused by that sentence. Well, he's Canadian, so. All right. No, I'm just kidding. I have the classic X-Men reprint, and then John Byrne reprinted most of it as a long flashback in an issue of Alpha Flight. You wondered how he managed to write and draw two stories, Alpha Flight and Fantastic Four, in that era. Oh, so he's kind of like reusing? Is that what I'm gathering here? like it.
0: Oh, I think what he's saying is that's how John Byrne managed to write two series in that era. Mm-hmm. As if he was just rehashing some old uh, 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 material. Uh-huh. Uh, all right. Tricks of the trade, I suppose. I was a little slow on the uptake, but yeah, that, that's yeah. no different than normal.
2: Okay, so let's all cherry pick ourselves a comment as we're talking about, is this last episode, Pat, or two episodes ago? Episode 33. Episode 33. Let's see. Everybody can cherry pick a comment. OK, so I'll take one from our buddy Dave Collins, who says directly to Delvin, which is me. I think that quote till we both wake up is a euphemism. It's a family friendly show. So I'll let you figure out what that's a euphemism for. Now, if you guys are wondering, that's from the Color Me Bad song. We can do
3: it till we, we both wake up.
2: Which makes no sense in any way, but Dave's calling it euphemism. I guess I have to get back to this on that. Jay, I know you don't know any of these people, but, you know, pick a comment you like.
4: Well, based on our conversation earlier from the Spider-Man comic, I had to pick this one from Tim Price here. Aunt May in the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) That's all you need to know.
0: (laughs) I know we've already picked one, but I'm going to pick Dave Collins again because he says, Waffle House has pie? And we checked and no, they do not. Well, <laughs> they do, but they didn't have any prepared that day. <laughs> so they do not. At that moment, they did not bring it so back. Is it like Schrodinger's cat? Like in one universe, there was pie in that universe. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's a glitch in the matrix. <laughs> I'm going to take one from Huey Franklin. That is our good friend Huey from Blasted Air Stasted. And uh, Huey says, I don't always comment, but I always listen. Wait. That sound creepy, Nah, yes.
2: It's yes, legit. it did. Nah, he's like he as legit. long as you're listening, that's all right. She can
3: do it till we calm wake. Up.
2: Well, thanks everyone for those follows, likes, shares, and comments. We appreciate your friendship and help in spreading the word about the podcast. You guys are the coolest. Pat, bring it home. And that's gonna be the show. Be sure to check out the website Longbox
1: Crusader Chronicles Blogspot.com, where the post will be made for journaling this crusade. I wanna give a big thanks to Jared, Jason, and Jay Sanlin for joining me this episode. But before we go, let's find out where the listeners can find us on the internet. Jay? Where can they
4: find you? I'm Jay Sandlin, and again, you can find me on Twitter at Jay Sandlin underscore whn. Uh, same for Instagram and Facebook. My website is jsandlin.com. Follow my newsletter, where you'll find out about my new releases coming up with Mad Cave Studios before anybody else.
0: Ooh,
4: Ooh gotta get on that. Mm. Jason.
0: Oh, uh, you can primarily find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter, but I also dabble as Jason Albrecht on Facebook and Instagram. Jared,
2: I'm at Yard Sale Artist. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist, and I've recently applied to be the
4: vice president of the Warhawk Fan Club. We're carefully considering your application. Unopposed. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> Unopposed. <laughs> First first question in the interview is, how has Warhawk changed your life?
0: I've learned that you keep your secret weapon stashed on an interior pocket and not hanging off of your belt.
2: My response is going to be, who's Warhawk? <laughs> <laughs> and don't call
4: us. We'll call
2: <laughs> Pat, where can they find you on the interwebs?
1: Well, you can find me on the interwebs at Christatos01. I am also shelling out 35 cents to get in the club. <laughs> nice and if you want to interact with us live via chat and be entered in to win some free stuff On our live raffles, join us on our next episode of Doing It Live stream over on YouTube. We do them on the second Sunday of every month. We always start at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. You can get signed up for that by looking up Longbox Crusade on YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel and click the bell so you'll get reminder notifications for when we go live. Thank you all for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of Crusader Chronicles. You got a comment or question, leave us a voicemail. <laughs> yeah, Email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com or leave a comment on the Longbox Crusade Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter page at Longbox Crusade. Until next time, take care and please join us for the next episode as we continue on the Crusade to Read, read the Mall! know your eyes in the
3: morning sun I feel you touch me in the pouring rain And the moon
1: The intro music for Crusader Chronicles is provided by musical genius Joe November. Check
2: out his SoundCloud at J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You won't regret it.
1: All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended.
0: We are just fans that like to share our love of comics.
2: Outtakes. No so Pat, whenever you want to do a show, man, mm-hmm. sounds like it's playtime for the little lads. <laughs> Connery's here. Is Mary Jane here as well?
0: Mary Jane in Connery's bedroom, baby. <laughs> I'm in the boudoir. Drinking wine from the box.
2: (laughs) (laughs) She stepped up her game tonight. She's got box wine.
0: It's a rosé. It's splendid. (laughs) You just hold on back there, baby. I'm checking out what's going on out here in the recording studio.
2: (laughs) Go back to your room, Connor. All
0: right. We've got mini probe. We've got Frito-Lay.
2: Cascadas.
0: We got whistle skillet. And uh, yeah, who's this guy over here? (laughs) You are me, boy? (laughs) You want a shillelagh? What's your name? What's your name, boy? (laughs) He always starts fights with the
4: guests. I'm sorry, are you talking to me?
0: (laughs) Yes, I'm talking to you.
4: Are you talking to me? Uh oh.
0: Oh, so you think you're Robert De Niro? (laughs) I'm going to treat you like I treated Robert De Niro in the Untouchables, but you're going to be very touchable with my shillelagh.
4: My brother and again. Are, you, are you allowed within 500 yards Of a school Because I have a feeling the answer is no
0: You may be right there laddie But I have a good excuse uh, what's that? I was trying to introduce The students to a little film Classic called Zardoz
4: <laughs> He's always with the damn Zardoz How did that work out for you
0: uh, 500 meters Yes
4: <laughs> I think that's fair <laughs> And a robe
0: <laughs> of I, I will not sit here and take this slander. Mary Jane, move
4: over. I'm coming in. No, at least we got rid of him. Yeah, that's got what rid- Gwen Stacy tried to say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see how many people come back. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Welcome back from
0: the break. Are you still listening? <laughs> <laughs> Is
2: there anybody out there? Welcome back from the break. No, let's take... I see. He got me off. It's, it's only episode thirty-five.
1: <laughs> I know, Mike. I, I haven't done this thirty-four times before this. So, what happens when there's nothing in the pull list? <laughs> Maybe it's just because Delvin's
2: not here. Probably. Like I, uh, I am here. Oh, Delvin! Clinkity clink, clinkity clink. There's my ice cubes. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh,
3: boy.
2: <laughs> Welcome back from the break. Now let's go. Hey, man! <laughs> <laughs> it's because we have company. Yeah. yeah. Well, we well, that's, Mary uh, Jane when... voice pack. You better turn left.
1: <laughs> and the Longbox Crusade GPS voice pack comes with Mary Jane. <laughs> There's a turn right
0: the here. You? give me some smoke. Yes. Give me some smoke.
1: Yeah, but turn right here. The rents do. <laughs> Stop on this corner and let me out. I
2: gotta <laughs> I need you to merge slowly into my exit. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Daddy, do I gotta back up or what? what just... <laughs> oh man! And then, like the worst part is the Christopher Walken voice pack. Here, you want to go ahead and maybe turn left. <laughs> oh, All you're right, I man! I missed the spot. You passed it because I took too long with my pauses. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Somebody better write this up, and then we can do it I'll be the driver,
0: for me. Devil we might be, be lost. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where the hell we are. <laughs> Sean Connery over there. What's your destination? What was it before you changed it? <laughs> Did you know where you were going before? Didn't
3: are even you
1: going
5: to know. Czechoslovakia? <laughs> what are you prepared to do?
0: <laughs> I think we're lost. Have you been lost, Dr. Bronx? Your purse, your cockies. Now you don't know where you're going. What are you prepared to do? <laughs> oh, it down. Hospital and turn right at the morgue. <laughs>
2: If you just played the your
3: track, you could have an airplane
2: flying. If you bring your blue sky back. Hey, what's up guys? You do- oh hey, bring along if you know it. All you do is call me. And yeah, in the past. I'll bring anything you need. <laughs>